Thatcher Pooch from the Carlton Footy Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Dane Zorko here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Johannesson from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the Sydney Swans. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Max Hall and Melbourne Football Club. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey, friends, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel. Another huge week of fantasy footy to talk through. It is nice to be with you. And a lot that we got to get through in this episode as we head to yet another extended round of footy. Kicks off Thursday night, but goes right through till Monday. So there's going to be some unknowns in terms of our teams and moves that we make as we head into round seven. Joining me this week yet again, I got Kane. Hello, buddy. Hello, MJ. It's, it's nice to have you, and, and there is a lot that has come up just over the past 24, 48 hours, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the double downgrade and whether or not the infamous Simpson-Rankin move is uh, exactly where we should be looking this week. We'll talk about the fixture and what the implications of these 30-odd games in 19 days looks like in a moment, but straight out of the gate, one of the things that's not getting as much talk and conversation in the fantasy community this week, as it should, is the fact that as we sit now just hours away from the first part of our lockout with the Thursday night games, we know Collingwood and Geelong players are going to get locked down, but the Monday night game throws an absolute spanner in a couple of teams' plans, doesn't it? Because we won't know what the Crows and the Saints are choosing to do at least till three or four games have completed. Yeah, it's really interesting, MJ. This, the way this round is structured in general, I feel like the way teams, the days teams are playing, is just makes this whole thing super interesting. We've we've seen a couple debutants already named for this round in in Ned Cahill and Cody Waitman, you know, but one a forward and one a mid forward. So ideally, like we had last week, we'd love to see how these guys go and gauge how necessary or how interesting they are to us. But the problem we have is Sam Simpson, for instance, plays tonight as we record this podcast. So yeah. if you want him, you're going to have to make this move, like you said, without seeing the squad for Sunday cut down and even the teams at all for Monday. And we know if you've got any Saints players, Brett Ratton's come out super strong that he's going to shake up that side after Freo pulled off an incredible victory. Yeah. It, it, it makes so much unique challenges. And then you add compounded into that. Uh, last night uh, on a Wednesday evening at afl.com.au, it was announced by Travis Old that 33 matches are going to be played across 19 consecutive days. They're just trying to fast track the, the, the football season and understandably so, but it really does mean that rounds nine to round 12 are going to be jam-packed in. They kick off on Wednesday, the 29th of July, just two days after round eight completes. So what we do know, and it's hard to know exactly what's um, fully going to happen until we see the fixture, but what they have said is six clubs will be given buys in that period with another 10 clubs to be given a buy before the conclusion of the home and away season. The only one thing we do know about which clubs are where and what it all means is that Essendon and Melbourne won't be one of the initial six clubs because the AFL have deemed that when they miss that week due to the COVID scare uh, around Connor McKenna, they've deemed to have that. So outside of those two clubs, there are potentially 16 teams that could fit into these six that are going to come into this first week of multi-buy rounds. And MJ, that's what makes this conundrum of the double downgrade super interesting because like you mentioned the only two teams we know that won't have a buy are Melbourne and Essendon yeah 
So inherently, there's a massive advantage in those players already. Yep. If you know, and, and obviously at the time of recording, we don't know what the format's going to change to. Are we going to go to a best day team? Are we going to get more trades? So we can't really um, give any advice on that because we just don't know. But what we do know is that Melbourne players, and there are a lot of coaches, especially in Supercoach, that don't have Max Gorn. Yeah. So if you know that you can get him in without the worry of a bot, that is a massive advantage because what concerns me for people that want to upgrade this week is if you bring in a player, let's say you bring in a Bailey Smith yeah. and the Bulldogs get given the buy in round nine. Yeah. You've brought him in for two weeks. His price is for two weeks and his price won't really change that much at all. We know that next week's probably going to be his bottom of his price. You yeah. know, he's got a one thirty two break even. So as good as he played on the weekend, he was just shy of 120. Let's, even if he did that again, you know, maybe coach, he loses yeah. 5K. But the following week, if you get him for one week and then he's got a buy, you'd be better off waiting, waiting two weeks for him to have the buy, even if his price goes up, say, 20K more. or 20,000. Yeah, yeah, so you've got to... That's the thing. When I saw that fixture come out and I saw what they said, you know, six teams will play in those four rounds. They'll have a buy and then in that period. And then the other 10... We don't know how they'll be dressed that out, but we do know that Melbourne and Essendon are clear of their buy. Yeah. So my instant reaction was, we've got two great downgrade options. Maybe we are best to take those downgrade options while they present themselves. And then next week, we've been told we'll have the fixture early next week. So then we can actually plan, okay, when do I want to hit that upgrade? As I said, if I use Bailey Smith as an example, if the Bulldogs have that round nine buy, now, all of a sudden, I'm thinking, all right, great. Bailey Smith, round 10, he's cleared his buy. I've got him for the rest of the year. Obviously, we don't know how clubs will manage, you know, four-and-a-half-day breaks on average for mm. a period. So that's what makes me, at a first glance, without getting into all the other information that's come to hand, I think maybe it is best while we've got two, at the very least, good cows. Yep. Let's just get that in our team. Albeit a lot of a lot of sides will have 200, 300, maybe even up to 500k in the bank if they did a downgrade last week as well. Yeah. But at least at that point, we have some visibility on how the rest of the season plays out, not just in a fixture and a buy sense, but obviously from the rule makers of Dream Team, AFL Fantasy and Supercoach, which can make us an informed decision. Because as I said, if you bring in a Bailey Smith and he and he is that guy that cops a round nine buy with his Bulldogs teammates. Mm you're going to be pretty disappointed because, like I said, there's a lot of other teams then that are going to be all over him once he's cleared that buy. Yeah. It, it looks like what we're going to get is uh, two teams are going to be on a buy um, every single week. Um, using, you know, six teams over that three-week period, two teams are going to get a week off from there. Then we're going to get to the end of round 12. A further 10 teams are going to need to have a buy in that kind of five-week stretch. So what we are seeing is that while we don't know the exact details of how, as you've said, the formats are going to choose to approach it, and we want to talk about some potential ways they might. Again, it's hypothetical. We might be bang on, or we could be so far off what the formats are thinking. And I don't envy uh, the decision makers um, and, and the moves they've got to make to help us get through the 2020 season. But what it does appear clear is that from Ryan, round nine beyond, two AFL teams a week are going to be missing from our squads. And that's a huge thing to consider because if for whatever reason they are two highly fantasy relevant teams, um, you know, like if you get a Brisbane and a Collingwood or a GWS and a Bulldogs, for example, 
like those, some teams are going to get absolutely crushed under the weight of the lack of premiums. So I suppose the one positive, Kane, is multi-buy rounds and potentially how um, the formats choose to navigate it. We might see some pretty drastic swings in ratings and rankings for coaches. Oh, you'd have to say that for sure, MJ. And the other thing that makes a double downgrade so difficult, and we spoke about it last week, is if you go a double downgrade, and there is a good rookie the next week that you want to grab, which yeah. is why I said it's so challenging having Sam Simpson play on a Thursday because you don't know what a Cody Waitman might do. He might have a hundred game perform, a hundred point performance, and you yeah. go, "Well, I want him." But now you're sitting on five hundred k in the bank, and you you had banked two upgrades, and now you think he's important, and your bank keeps going up, and you're not reinvesting those points on the field. That's why. Last week, I was so heavily pushing for if you if you have the cash to do it, get those great. points back on the field. Yeah. Albeit Simpson and Rankin scored like premiums last week. I don't think it's going to happen every week. No. I think the expectation for these guys in a, in a super coach format is around the 60 mark. If you're getting 60s from them at that price, and even if they go at 50s, MJ, they're going to make 100K in two weeks. Yeah. Which we know when you look at the Tyler Browns, Buderick's, a lot of guys, that's not a small amount of cash, especially if that's in a quick two-week period. You know, that gives you a lot of flexibility um, going forward. The difficult part I mentioned of two downgrades is that if you get a premium injury, yeah. for instance, coaches with you know, the news, John Segler has just come out that he had a broken toe. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, you're trying to work out how do I get those points back on the field? Because as I mentioned, if you double downgrade yeah. this week with the intention of going up two rookies to two premium players. Yeah. Just say that's your intention. You're going to go Tyler Brown and Buderick to Lockie Whitfield and Bailey Smith. Sure. That's, that's your plan. If you lose Patrick Cripps to a shoulder injury and he's out for the year, now all of a sudden you're going to have to go Cripps to a premium. That's one sideways move. Yep. And then you'll go one rookie up to a premium. That's the, that's the challenge with the double downgrade is you need an opportunity on the back end to actually pull off that double upgrade. And with, at the rate of injuries we're seeing, and Segler's the latest today that has quite a bit of fantasy relevance, yep. now all of a sudden you start thinking, well, now I'm just fielding another rookie. Yeah. And maybe you have to just bite the bullet and say, as good as Rankin and Simpson were, I think for this week, they are the clear two rookies. Yes. I know McPherson's got a lot of love. Challenge with him is Monday night game. So you're probably going to have to make some moves a little bit blind. Yep which is always a massive risk. Yep. I thought Will Day was sensational, but who knows how Hawthorne's structure up, and he has got a slight body, albeit he scored terrifically and played great football as well. Yep. I know some people even like what Mitch Hibbard did, yeah. his price, and obviously Dylan Shields out suspended. But as I said, it's not as easy as you think with the carnage we've been dealing with no. to say, I'm going to do two upgrades. Because as I mentioned, if you get that injury, now all of a sudden you're trying to wrestle with a premium and you just had one more week where you fielded a rookie. Yeah. And that's why for me it gets it's a really tricky decision because like I mentioned at the top MJ, I don't want to trade into a premium that will have a buy. No. But on the flip side, I want to future proof my team and have premiums on the field as quickly as possible because like I said, if an injury happens the following week, I'm still building the team. I'm still going forward. Whereas so every week that you sit on 250, 300K, and as I mentioned, some of it will be out of your control. It sure. will be injury-related and you have to replace. Yeah. And as I mentioned, that's just another week where that person that did the premium up 
as another week of premiums ahead of you. Yeah. And they and that 50 to 100 points in one week, maybe not so bad. But if two to three weeks that continues to grow um, and then two or three other things don't go your way, like a perfect example, if you put the captaincy on Brody Grundy last week um, and for whatever, you know, fair enough, he, he's generally been pretty good, didn't have a great week last week, as opposed to some of the other premiums that scored incredibly well, there's a 50, 60 point gap right there. That gets compounded by you've had to field an extra rookie. That's 100 points lost by just one decision and a little bit of luck. If that continues on year in, week in, week out, then it gets incredibly difficult for us to navigate because you're right, Kane. The challenge for coaches is now that we are flying blind uh, with the decisions we make this week. Uh, we've known that we're going to get every team would play each other. So we knew the hyped Matt DeBoer tag, which is heading towards Lockie Neal this week, um, we knew that was coming for certain teams and we knew it wasn't. Now we don't know. The two teams that are likely to take a week off every single week from now till the end of the home and away season is huge. For fantasy finals, what are the two teams that aren't playing in that finals run, those final four weeks? You don't want anything to do with a premium that's got um, a finals, you know, or the grand final week of our year. We don't want nothing to do with those premiums in our side, but they might be really helpful and valuable between now and then. And then you throw in the mix of how are the formats going to navigate this period of time? Do they go to a best 18? Do they increase the amount of trades that we have in our bank, let alone increase the amount we could use every single week? This week's, gosh, it feels like luck's going to give us a, I don't know. I feel like so much of the decisions you make this week, luck's just going to need to go your way. As good as a coach you are, you could just make some calls and then it just not fall your way. And for others, they go, I'm going the upgrade. I'm just going to take the points on field. And if I cop the guy in the round nine or right 10 by, so be it. But I'm just wanting as many points on field as quickly as possible. Conversely, as you've said, I'll just take the cash. I'll hope I get the luck with no injuries for a week or two so that I can do two or three upgrades. It's a fascinating week to see what coaches do. Yeah, that's the thing, MJ. There's, there's equal forces in my mind pulling me either direction. As I mentioned earlier, one hand, I'm thinking, take these two rookies that have shown incredible scoring potential, albeit I One don't week. think they'll replicate those scores sure. very often. But as I mentioned, even 250s now for two weeks gets you 100K. Yeah. And we know if they continue to play even semi-regularly after that, we're going to get to around that 300K mark, which we sort of need them to get to if we're going to trade in a quality player. You can't just keep taking a 250K guy down and then up. You're not even no. going to have 400K to spend. Then on the flip side, like you mentioned, if you grab a premium this week and obviously they score how you think they'll score, and let's just say you, you make 50 points on instead of fielding a rookie, yeah, and then you get given extra trades the next week, yeah. well, now all of a sudden, you can probably keep pace with those guys that we're going to do a double upgrade anyway. Correct. And now you just stay ahead of the pack. That's the, that's the really challenging thing in my mind is that, as I mentioned, the premium that you pick, though, has to score. <laughs> has to score well. I and mean, then, albeit, you're also hoping that they have a later buy in the year. Yeah. Because as I keep using Bailey Smith as an example, is you trade him in and he has a buy in round nine, now everyone else is going to wait a week. You're going to have to wrestle with how do we cover Bailey Smith? As I said, is it a best 18? Is it you just have to suck it up? Yeah. So that's the hard part is unless you're trading in, and this is where Melbourne and Essendon players have great value, you yes. go to a Melbourne and Essendon premium. Well, guess what? You don't have that strength. 
because yeah. you don't have to worry about that. And that's where I feel like the Ridleys, the Olivers, the Gorns, mm. Zach Merritt's got, you just have to almost have to wait on him because his price is going to come down so In two much weeks, yeah. In two weeks. But those sort of guys, like if, if you're not a Gorn owner and you can swing things that you can get him in this week yeah, and you have that confidence of knowing that he doesn't have a buy, because that's, that's the risk that's stopping me because I'm thinking, do I want to grab a Bailey Smith? But then I'm worried about this early buy. Yeah. And I have, so that's what, it's obviously always, as we always say, it's so team dependent, but these, these forces pulling both directions. And that's why I keep bringing up, if Simpson was playing on Saturday night, we got to look at Waitman. We got to look at Cahill. We got to look at whoever else came. We could say, okay, they scored thirties. Yeah, I'm going to take the double downgrade this week and go up next week because there's not really a rookie that I think I need to have. Mm. But as I mentioned, you won't have that luxury with Simpson. So, for instance, if you took Simpson and then you know um, a Cahill or a Waitman on Friday night sure. and scored well, you might think, well, maybe I will do the upgrade and I'll just take a chance and miss Isaac Rankin. Yeah, because then I can do. You know, Cahill in next week and a premium. And you've got the same result. Over two weeks, you've brought in two rookies and two premiums. Correct. The factor is you had the premium for an extra week. Yeah. And so that's the really tricky part. Obviously, I think in an ideal world, MJ, we would have loved Gold Coast to play that early game. Correct. We could take Rankin. Yeah. We could see what a Waitman or a Cahill does. Yeah. Do we need them next week? Yes, they've scored great. I'll get them next week and I'll do a premium this week. No, they haven't. I'll take Simpson and do a double up. But as I said, that just complicates it so much because we don't have that luxury of seeing what we have to deal with next week. Yeah. And again, if the formats choose, and, and all formats have said, look, they are rules on the run this year, unashamedly rules on the run. And understandably so, no one could forecast some elements, some they could, but some elements of what this year has thrown us. Um, does this two trades a week, do they increase the amount of trades available to us? Not give us more trades, but do they give us three trades a week we could choose to use? Do they choose to give us more trades? Do we need to be more conservative or do we have that opportunity right now? Do you get aggressive and go after it? Because if the average team, you know, if we're talking 30, what, 33, 36 games over a 20-day period, um, five days is the average break. About five points something if you want to do the real funky maths of it per team. Let's talk about the best two cash cows and linking it into the fixture. Sam Simpson hasn't played a lot of footy. Now, he played a fair bit, you know, VFL last year, but he's battled some injuries himself, whereas an Isaac Rankin, he's been on an AFL list for 18 months and only last week was his first chance where he was finally fully fit to get his body there. Do clubs choose to be more conservative with certain players, both the older and the younger, in fact, right across the board, of going, he's a little bit sore, we're going to give him that extra week, we're going to give him the 11 days break. It seems like that's almost what Geelong have done this week too with Mitch Duncan, isn't it? They've gone, look, we're not going to risk him this week because we're going to give him an 11-day break so that he's absolutely cherry ripe for round eight, whereas he could have been okay to go if it was a Sunday game. So these start to become an extra layer of challenge for coaches to navigate too of, Okay, someone like an Isaac Rankin, phenomenal debut. I think in Supercoach, if I would suggest he's a more important priority as a downgrade than Simpson. Um, for me, um, given he's got a bit more job security, but in the contrast perspective, you might say, but he's also got more likelihood of being managed because of the health of his body that has shown of the durability over the past few years. Yeah, that's the tricky part, MJ, is that if we get resting per se, if there's a future rookie 
that comes in and due to the, you know, the nature of the schedule, they miss a week. Mm. That means you're waiting an extra week for the cash generation. So my mind immediately goes to, if we grab rookies this week, there's an influx in cash straight away. Yeah. As I mentioned, both of, if Simpson and Rankin score 50, they're going to make about 50K this week. The beautiful thing of the, you know, prices moving after two weeks is in previous years, if you had a great first score, yeah. it would only count once in your price movement. That's not the case anymore. No. That's, that's actually counting three times. Mm. You know, it takes what you priced at the first week. It takes what you scored the first week and then the second week. Yeah. But it actually stays in there a little bit more, which is why we're seeing that typically your second price movement is actually more than your first, which yeah. is not how it's been For in years. previous years. Yeah. Um, so I think about that. If you do the double downgrades, those guys are generating cash now. You've got two weeks before we get to this condensed fixture in round nine where these guys have made quick cash for you. And if something happened and you had to move it, move them on um, to get the other moves you wanted to get made, they will have made that cash by now. Yeah. Whereas if you wait another week, that person has one less game to generate that cash. Obviously, the flip side is you don't have that premium. Between Simpson and Rankin, I totally agree, MJ. The condensed fixture hurts a guy like Rankin yeah. with his body history and how valuable he is to the club. Like you mentioned, it's taken 18 months to get this first game out of the way. As brilliant as it was, Gold Coast has no intention of risking him No, if there's any doubt. And no. it's, unfortunately for Isaac, it has been a lot of soft tissue stuff as well. Yep. And if you've watched him play at all, and I think most people have in some capacity, even if it was just the highlights of his goals, he's so explosive. And that is such a valuable part of his game mm. that you're not taking any chances on that. No the flip way. side to Simpson, who before this condensed fixture, and I think pretty much every player in the AFL has less job security than Isaac Rankin at the Suns. He's <laughs> almost the first pick. But you look at Geelong's list, like you mentioned, MJ, Gary Adlett's probably going to get rested. Yep. Jack Stephen was rested last week, comes back in. The Cats gave Duncan another week. They play on the Monday in, yeah. in round eight. So they've yeah. got an eternity between this Thursday night game with Collingwood and then all the way to playing Frio. So yeah. if I look at Simpson, I think, okay, they're probably going to give Ablett his rest. They so, might rotate a few of their older guys through and maybe he can stay in the side and just get enough games. Like I mentioned, even if he just plays the next two, there's 100K. Yeah. If he can play two or three of that, Four condensed fixture, which I think is very feasible as a you know his fourth year in the AFL system. Yeah. He was on the rookie list and he had a great VFL season, winning the best and fairest for the Cats. So he, while he's a skinny type of player, he, he clearly has developed a lot, and I think that's something we have to acknowledge. MJ, is yeah. some of the scores he's got in the past, he's a different player. Yeah, they're two, three years early. ago. Yeah, that, like, that's a first was, year player. Yeah, they took him off the list, put him on the rookie list. He proved himself at VFL level in yeah. a good Cats team. And we know, you look at some of the emergencies these guys have at Geelong every week, they're about as deep as you can get. Yeah. And I feel like they will take advantage of that. And as I mentioned, if you've already got two weeks in a row of Simpson, which I think the way he played on uh, last week, he deserves that. Yes. And I think he'll get that with the management of the other players. Even if he just gets two of that next four, he's probably made somewhere between 150K at a minimum. Yeah, And as I mentioned, that's something you can't steeze at. The hard thing is it is really tricky to take on a guy like Isaac Rankin, I think. Mm. As I mentioned, even if he scores in the 50s and 60s, 
you know that job security is going to be there huge. long-term. And I haven't seen a rookie name so far this round that I feel confident in going, yeah, I'm happy to As a downgrade, them. yeah. Yeah. I, I think maybe a Will Gould might be the type of player with the pedigree he's got as a junior. Yeah. The absolute plethora of injuries that the Swans have had to deal with. Mm. Because I've got to accept myself, if I take two downgrades this week, I have to go two upgrades next week. Absolutely. I have to miss because I can't go another week. Unless the only way you get around that, MJ, is if you think that rookie is going to score as a premium. Yeah. Like if, if you're so convinced that there's a 100-point player in there, which <laughs> even with even with Simpson and Rankin who have 100-point performances on the board... No one predicted I'm, that. Let's be I'm honest. still... I'm still grading them as 60 to 70 type guys at best. Yep. If they gave me that for a month, I'm ecstatic. Uh, absolutely so, it is. So I have to be confident that I'm going to pass every other rookie next week and make two premium moves. And this is the dilemma coaches had last week too, where they're going, do I do I get Jake Arts? Do I not? Well, now yep. all of a sudden they've got a, a second tier cash cow. Maybe you went as Shane McAdam yep. because he, he's got at least some job security, you know, a couple of weeks ago at, at the Crows. But now you're double downgrading this week again after potentially doing another double downgrade last week. And now you're having to make the decision around Simpson without full squads completely revealed. Yes, you'll have an hour or so. We'll say, okay, which other guys are at least in the 26? But there'll be six teams with the Sunday squads and the Monday squad that you just don't, know what, what, what's going to absolutely play out from it. And then what we said, what the formats do to navigate the multi-buy rounds, I don't think they're going to make that announcement early next week. I think it's going to be closer no. to when we're making our trades. If the and AFL only announced a fixture there. Last week, we also mentioned, this is why you have to take care of the immediate problems. Yeah. Think about if you've waited on a Matt Rowe. Yeah. Now, now you've got to go, okay, I need to get this round money back onto my field. Yeah. And that's what I think about with Segler. Whether you go Segler up or down, I don't think it matters. I think you have to move a player like that on that you know has an injury that, yeah. unfortunately, a two- to three-week injury is now long-term because it could impact five to six games. Absolutely. I think the, the last week, if you moved on a Starcevich, it's probably a great move. Yep. I think the hard thing now is if a player like him, if he is named or a Buderick, you're going to have to just ride those guys. Even a Curtis Taylor... Yeah. With the injury news to a Segler, it's a low priority mm. because even if he loses 20k, having him available for a best 18 yeah. could be handy enough. As I said, if you carry a Segler, you know you've got a zero next week. At least there's a possibility right. of those guys playing and chipping in. Yeah, and then you add into the fact he might miss round eight, and if round nine it's the Hawthorne multi buy, this one I'll just hold for a week and see could all of a sudden turn into four weeks where you've just got 400, 500K player sitting on the bench doing nothing and that money is not being activated to turn into points on field. And so I agree. I think deal with the priorities of injuries that you know of first and foremost and let that inform the trades you make. Yeah, and I have no problem, as I said, people going Segler down to rank it. No, none at all. They really want those rookies because at least the next week, You've got so much cash to deal with. You can take your pick of what you want to do. You've, you've got an absolute, a million options. Yeah. As I said, if you do Curtis Taylor to Rankin and then you carry Segler in, now you're trying to work out, oh, I wish I had Curtis Taylor. That cover would actually be handy from a donor. Correct. Like, 
you, you have to just take care of that immediate issue. We know Segler's out for those Segler owners. We knew Rao was out last week. Yeah. People that were worried about losing, you know, I won't trade Rao because um, he's not going to drop in price. This player will. But as I said, if that player plays, mm-hmm. you might you might just want those points. That 30 to 40 points this season, MJ, like you said, you do that for three to four weeks. That's a lot. And it makes a massive difference in the rankings. So, I think it's a really tricky week for all those reasons. And as you, as always, we just need to gather as much information as we can. And that's why, personally, I just seem to be gravitating more to that double downgrade path. Yep. As I said, gives me a chance to see what the fixture is, where yep. the premiums are going to miss. And also, at time of recording, I have not seen a rookie Get that I have enough confidence in, whether it's job security or scoring, yep. that I'd go, you know what? I'd rather have a premium and Gould, you know, than, than have these two rookies now because we still have to worry about cash generation. I think a lot of teams are at the point now where they're looking at the rookies they've got on the field, and I know I'm in a similar boat, mm. and they just haven't made enough cash yeah. to want to trade them out. Yeah. So I, I do need players that are going to come in, and I'm not too concerned with the scoring, but if they can get up to that 300K mark in Supercoach, now you can actually start bringing in some players that can contribute to your side. Yeah. And one of the things that's fascinating for me, what coaches do this week too, is in Dream Team, unless you nailed the mid-price guys, unless you got the Simpkin, the Ridley, the Bailey Smith types, chances are you're really staring down the barrel of a a very unlikely, especially if you had to do a couple of sideways moves with injuries or misfired selections, you're staring down the barrel of potentially an incomplete side of premiums where you are looking at... Guys like a Tom Duday and going, you're my D6 for the year. What probably is scaring some coaches off in that format, a little bit different in the others where AFL Fantasy, two trades a week, use them and lose them. Play that break-even game. Absolutely still a relevant point. Super coach, it's close enough to two trades a week. If you've been a little conservative on one or two of your weeks so far, you're probably still okay in terms of trades to get to a completed side. Whereas in Dream Team, if you double downgrade this week and potentially you're only getting 100K, maybe tops of 150K, um, out of two trades. So let's say 220000 is the peak you're going to get. Is that enough money out of those two downgrades to warrant it knowing full well that with the condensed fixture, the likelihood that AFL teams are going to give a lot of players that are fit on their list chances to play games this year, there could be a ton of other cows, maybe not as great a job security or as great a scoring potential, but at least would net you another 20 or 30 30k in the bank on a say a McInerney or a Noah Anderson or or something of that nature. So for dream team coaches, unless we get more trades, I'm really intrigued if the double downgrade is the right move for coaches in that format or not. Yeah, that's a really tricky one, MJ. And like you said, if you haven't generated enough cash, it's almost a mute point. Like I'd much prefer to see a coach be super aggressive and trade a premium player Go up. and yeah. make 150k going down to someone they really like. Yeah. Because, you know, maybe you predict a couple weeks ago that, you know, Segler doesn't look right. Maybe he's carrying something and you make that move. Um, if you do that, now you've got an advantage on the field and gets injured afterwards. Like, there's no point trading a rookie to another rookie who has poor job security. Yeah, for 100K, yeah. For 100K. And even some people, MJ, obviously are dealing with like a Georgie artist. Yeah. Or a Kavara. Yeah. Like, that's where I really have to say, 
guys, it's not worth it. Cop the it's donut. not worth going yeah. sideways. You might as well just hold your ground, hope they come back in. Yeah. And if they don't, it's, we're past that point of the season where you can do those restructure type moves. If you have to eat a donut and lose yourself 30, 30 or 40 points, points it's not worth the trade of bringing in someone who could potentially end up in the same boat as the player you traded out. Yeah, I agree. So you've just got to be really careful. And um, I think we all know that going for that value player is going to be vital this year. We've got an absolute gift with Bailey Smith. Mm-hmm. We've been given a gift with a Mitch Duncan coming up in the future. Yep. Zach Merritt's had a few quiet games. Two weeks. I think the days of going for the very top guys, I think the only ones that maybe break the rule is a Max Gorn in Supercoach. Yep. I think Lockie Neal, he's got the bore this week. You probably have to wait on that. Yep. But these type of guys are genuinely separating themselves by 20 to 30 to even 40 points from you know Lockie Neal to the eighth midfielder. Yeah. And when you've got that type of differentiation and you've got a captaincy as well that you're throwing into the mix every week, yeah. maybe that's where you can make the dollars count. But again, that's why Elliot Yo was so popular last week. Because yeah. people thought for the price, he can probably get close enough. And yeah, that 100K yeah. is going to go a long way where we don't have a ton of cows. It's amazing because Matthew Rao's pretty much given us three upgrades by how well he did. Yeah. Um, but as I said, the rest of them, they're really hitting walls, whether they've got injured or form, you know, Bennell, Pickett, McInerney, all of who could be, should be in the side this week, yes. I predict. But at the same time, they're still in that, you know, low 200k mark. So it gets really awkward where you've just got to hope they keep going. And, and that's why Stasevich was so popular for so many people because he'd actually generated some cash. Yeah. And now he's and I, sitting there potentially going to lose some for you a little bit. Yeah, like and, and, and he Taylor. might. And he might be more valuable just having around MJ as a cover guy. Yeah, exactly. You know? Use and, the and DPP. That's the thing. If you've got a Segler, you know, you're already in a range where you can do almost a sideways move to another premium. And mm. um, as I said, if the more best day team comes into it, you know, those rookie scores, if they're volatile, yeah. you might not, you might get away with it. You might dodge a bullet and have a Curtis Taylor 15, you know, be your 19th player that week. Correct. So it's all a lot of question marks but I feel like the crux of it this week clearly is you take Simpson and Rankin if you jump on one of them early I think you'd be crazy if you have the cash not to take an upgrade I don't think that a day a McPherson or a Hibbard is worth it are are vital enough to I agree to not take the premium points I think those two boys with what they've done when you've got that on the board and you know that it's going to affect their price for a couple weeks yeah that's the massive appeal because you as I said got pretty much 100k guaranteed if they can get on the park for two weeks yeah if you've got Rankin or Simpson already in your team you need to be looking to do get the other in and looking to be moving on a upgrade into your team where you can if you don't understand moving for the double downgrade because it does open up as Kane and I've talked about already it opens up opportunities for you next week once we know what that condensed round 9 to 12 looks like the teams that are off and what the formats choose to do to how we're going to navigate that intense period of time especially but then it'll give us some information for those last five weeks as we head to finals how are they going to choose to approach the game the game it gives us enough information and yes luck is a factor and and it always has been and with years like this 
it's increased a little bit more, no doubt about that. But still coaches that make smart, astute moves are going to be rewarded. Um, there's a lot of negativity in the fantasy community about this year, Kane. It's, oh, it's different, it's annoying. Actually, I'm quite enjoying the unique challenge of this year. I, I don't think we're ever going to get a year like this again. And your ranking, if you're having an absolute stinker, don't worry about it. Just enjoy the unique challenges of this year. When are you again? Are we going to get a compressed season, 17 games, play each other once, prices changing as frequently as they are? No one's going to look back and go, you're a terrible coach in 12 months' time because you had a crappy ranking in this year. No one's going to do that. Now, if you win the whole comp, everyone's going to look at you like, wow, that is incredible, astute moving. But no one's going to look at you if you're having a cruddy year this year going, you're just a bad coach. No, not at all, MJ. That's the thing. Again, the fun for me in particular is the planning, is the conversation, yeah. is the research. And again, we don't know every, We don't know everything. If we did, we'd, we'd be trying to win it every year. But <laughs> that's the game is you have to make informed decisions. And that's what I hope we try to give to our listeners is that what we do know is Melbourne and Essendon have had their bye. Yes. So clearly there is an inherent advantage if they fit your system. Yep. Pick them because you know you've got that advantage. Yeah. The rest, that's just guesswork at the moment. And that's why I said, you know, the double downgrade gives you that option of seeing the fixture so you don't just trade into a premium who has a buy in two weeks. Yeah. Because that, that is a disadvantage. And as you said, if you if you would have a guess at when that may or may not be, huh. go for it. And, you know, maybe the points will work out. But we just got to deal in the small facts that we know at this stage. And, hey, Melbourne and Essendon players have that edge. If yeah. it's a 50-50, you'd be crazy not to go then. Yeah. I, I, Again, you couple it in with probably the two best rookies we've seen emerge in the season, MJ. I know, obviously, we had Matt Rowe from the start. Sure. It complicates it massively. Yeah, it does. It really, really does. It, it, I, I, I'm really tending towards, across all formats, um, to do the double downgrade this week is where I'm leaning to at the moment. Um, now, teams may change that. We may get a Will Gould, as you've said, who's one of those cash cows that I have confidence in. Uh, uh, Harry Schoenberg from Adelaide, given the injuries to like a Rory Sloan. Um, I'd have a little bit more confidence in it. Even then, he's not at a basement price, um, kind of rolling through there. And unless we get something Thursday night um, that we go, okay, there's a clear injury, there's a clear need, a clear opportunity, I think take what we know, bank that cash, Hope you get some luck over this next four weeks and then be as aggressive with your upgrading and trading as you can to get as many points on field. That would be my encouragement for you. Yeah, I think that's the thing, MJ. We have to deal in those facts. And the facts we know is Isaac Rankin and Sam Simpson had incredible games last week. Yeah. And as a result, have an absolute launching pad for cash generation. An absolute launching pad that is bankable. Yep. If they just take the field, we know Simpson's already been selected and I haven't heard anything about Isaac Rankin pulling up sore or anything no. of that nature. So I've got to think he's on the park. After that, we might be exaggerating how much teams will rotate their sides. Maybe it's only a player here or there. You know, one thing we have taken away for a lot of these clubs is no travel. Yep. So, you know, the day that they'd normally have to spend traveling back from a game and then especially the clubs, the interstate clubs that have, you know, are on a plane every second week. Yeah. You know, if they're just based in their home and it's, you know, a drive or something like that, maybe that does make it more feasible to play yep. multiple games. Short we haven't even helps. got into the factor, MJ, yeah. of the news for Victorian clubs. They're going to be 
interstate. We've already seen Scott Pendlebury come out and say he's contemplating coming back to Victoria and leaving his Collingwood teammates yep. for an extended period of time. So we haven't even got into all those, you know, personal things. We've seen, yes. you know, the awful situations Basha Hawley's had to deal with with his mum and obviously yeah. a newborn yeah. as well. And obviously we wish him all the best. But yeah. we haven't even got into those personal things that are just going to happen this season. Correct. And that's why I keep trying to, as complicated as it is, you have to simplify it in my mind. And that's yeah. why I've come to sort of the point is that I think I can get two rookies yep. in a two-week period. Do I want the two this week? Or do I want one this week and one next week? Yep. And that's what I think for me, I have to narrow it to that and simplify. Yep. When the teams come out tonight, it's gonna I'm going to have a look and see. Yep. And obviously, we follow the news in the day. Maybe we get a few more debutants named. But do I have more confidence in these guys who are named this week to debut than the Simpson and Rankin last week with what I know about their scoring? Yes or no? And then you try to attack the next week with those two upgrades and obviously hope you get a bit of luck with um, no premium injuries. And, yeah, you've just got to address what you've got. If you've got Ben Long in Supercoach, who a lot of people jumped on after the restart due to his massive score, get him out of your team. You know, he's not playing the next three. Yeah. Johnny Segler, the same. Give yourself the option in future weeks that you have as many possible players named as possible. Correct. You know, we don't know if Tyler Brown will play, but he's got more of a chance than Ben Long, who's suspended. You know, we don't know if Jared Brander will get back from his hip injury, but he's got more of a chance than John Segler. Yeah. And they're both not going to make or lose cash in that time. Mm. So if you've got a 50-50 and you know they're both out, move the premium. Because at least it gives you the option in the future week to spend that cash. And that's what I'd recommend our, our listeners do. Yep. Look at your team. Yep. And as I said, just try to simplify. Hey, if you've got the luxury of an upgrade, Go especially for Max Gorn. Get it. With no buy. And him, him being almost impossible to attain with the cash generation. Do it. Yep. Move on, Pivot. Absolutely yeah. do it. Exactly. No, I, I think that's key. And you're right. That key bit of advice you gave there is crucial. It's got to be based on the needs within your team. You might not be in the position to be able to get a Sam Simpson in, in Dream Team more than anywhere else, or even Supercoach to an extent, because there's no value in that trade. But Rankin may be the more priority for you. Conversely, you're going to get Simpson this week because you know he's playing, you know you can get his score, and then you're going to see if he goes only the 40 or 50, I'm going to wait till Rankin's game, and then I'm going to inform my decision of what I do with my next trade. Do I do that upgrade? Do I move down and grab a downgrade? Take the information you know you have with the teams that are available to you and do the best you can with what you have. Yeah, that's spot on, MJ. That's all, and that's all we can do because yep. we, don't, we don't know. As we don't. Said, we've only got a few facts at the moment and we just have to make the best informed decision and, and just try to set yourself up for future success. You know, yep. you, know, you know a few things and like I mentioned, we'll get obviously a ton more information next week. Yep. Just give yourself the best chance to succeed. That's that's all you can do. You can't predict injuries. No. We, we, at this stage, we don't know who's got the buy when. No. At least if you look at your team, what are your major issues that are going to be around long term? And that's always, you know, injured and suspended players. If you're dropped, hey, you never know what will happen. The players might leave their team to come home and that guy does get an opportunity. Totally. So yeah, just try to future-proof your team as much as you can. With the nice. And I think this week... You, we're very lucky because we've got options either way. There's plenty of premiums that you can go to. Yeah. 
And there's a couple of great cows you can grab as well if you don't have them. Yeah, there's plenty of good information out there. I hope some of that conversation uh, has helped you out. Before we wrap up this episode, Kane, I know I do need to let you go. Uh, a couple of questions of what people uh, have sent out through us through Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Thomas Lee's got an AFL fantasy question for you. He says, thinking of trading Pitnet this week to a Gorn or a Goldie? Is Gorn worth paying that extra 100 k for, or do I take Goldstein and save the money for another trade? I think with this news now, MJ, you've just got to take Gorn. Yeah. If you, if you know that, and then we don't know how AF will handle it, nope. like all the other formats, but as we keep saying, we do know that Melbourne is by free. So yep. if I'm weighing that up, I'm taking Gorn. Yeah, no, I am too. Tom Agnew wants to know, Matt Kennedy from Carlton had a pl- heap of CBAs and is cheap, or cheap in contrast to other things. What's your thoughts about getting a, a, a Matt Kennedy in? Are you keen in any formats out for him? Uh, probably cheapers, MJ. Yeah. Cheapers in single season. I think when you're fishing in that awkward 300K type of pond, yes, you've, you've actually, unfortunately for Matt, he's got to become almost a premium. Like I, I almost need 90 ish from there you know here on in to be to be worth it you know tom duda is sort of doing that in defense for a few coaches in the last few weeks but i think in a in a keeper league that's where you can really capitalize because to be honest he's come back a different player yeah he was he wasn't getting those midfield minutes you know some people say his fitness wasn't there but we know with andrew russell coming across to the blues from the hawks everything i've read about how carlton have responded to that is is incredible and clearly they're playing good football and you know Matt Kennedy's lost a few kilos and improved his fitness and you've got to give massive credit to the kid for doing that again it's not an easy thing to hear I'm you know you're not in the team you know we need you to improve on this but how he played against the dogs it looks like he's clearly done that but I think in a sour cap format it would have to be AFL fantasy Only. If, if anywhere yeah and I wouldn't do it then because as I mentioned you're you're either giving up Simpson and Rankin and yeah. if you do already have those guys I'd just say, let's just go up to a top-tier guy that you don't have to worry about for the rest of the year. Yeah, I think that's a fair enough idea. Daily Fantasy, obviously, coaches is the other place where you might like to look at him at the moment. Nathan Ayres wants to know, uh, Stasevich, if he's named, which trade do you prefer? Pitonet to Gorn or Taylor to Whitfield? That's a good question. I'm Pitonet to Gorn, MJ. I, I just think that you don't get many shots in a year to get a guy like Max Gorn, and that is the risk of not having him from the jump, Yeah, is that he will go on these rampaging patches where yeah. it's unattainable. And I think in terms of a captaincy option, Gorn gives you that. Yeah, um, Whitfield in this format of the game I'm talking about, it's not his style. Yes. We know how endurance he is and um, how hard he works at the end of games and, and he gets so much ball. Um, and also in a supercoach format, the way scoring works with his outside ball it doesn't seem to be helping him this year as much as in previous years yeah. so yeah I'm pretty clear cut gone there yeah. and we haven't even got to that buy as well MJ which was news before Nathan wrote that question yeah correct uh, John I can answer this question for you mate in super coach Ben Long trading him to who mate you go and get Isaac Rankin if you if you don't have him if you're a Ben Long owner he made you a little bit of cash at the start of you not been as great as everyone had hoped he might have been but if you're a Ben Long owner in super coach and you don't own Isaac Rankin Pretty simple trade, in my opinion. That's kind of one of your moves for the week. Um, and then uh, Michelle wants to know, uh, what do you do if you already have Rankin? Do you take Simpson and an upgrade, or do you take Simpson and go and get another cash cow? What are you doing there if you're already a Rankin owner? Kane, do you take Simpson and upgrade, or do you take Simpson and another cow? 
Yeah, I'm Simpson and upgrade yeah, there, MJ. Pretty clear cut. I just think those two are the clear ones that I want, mainly because of the score, and I think they have enough job security. As I mentioned, Will Day would be close, but he's a little bit more expensive too, and um, I'd just be taking those points. You've done super well to get one of those guys in last week. Yep. So keep plowing ahead with an extra premium on the field. Yep, I 100% agree, man. Hey, appreciate your work uh, spending some time with us, helping us through our fantasy footy teams. No worries, MJ. Always a pleasure. If you want to go and check out some of the articles that have landed for you now at coachespanel.tv, the break-evens are up. The brand-new Ultimate Footy DPPs, they have been revealed. And also, we share with you some players in Dream Team and Supercoach who we think are ripe for the picking, not just this week, but over the next few weeks. We'll keep analysing once the fixtures are confirmed, how the formats choose to approach these next few rounds of football. All the information you need is going to be at coachespanel.tv to help you navigate your fantasy footy year. And if you're loving the content you're getting from the Coaches Panel, there is also exclusive content available for you if you support us as a Patreon member. All the links for that are at coachespanel.tv. Good luck this week. I hope teams go your way and the decisions you make all land in your favour. Until we chat to you next time, good luck as you head into another week of fantasy footy.